Good evening, Dick. Good evening, Dickinson. <laughs> Did you uh, watch that Pro Bowl yesterday? You know, I I can't believe I, f- I forgot it was on. It was we talked about the, the can't miss event. I I totally blew my mind. I didn't even watch it. Yeah, I mean, saw, mostly... saw a few highlights. Yeah, it was the best football game of the year. Did you watch it? Hell yeah, it was great. <laughs> great. Everybody needed to watch that stuff. Love the Pro Bowl. No, irrelevant, terrible. Um, <laughs> let's get to it now. Um, we're the people segment. Get to the people segment. Yep. Your favorite saying where Dick was wrong. Uh, um, not a great weekend, folks, of college basketball. Uh, first one was that Friday night game, Iowa versus Illinois. Boy, they just play zero defense, uh, Iowa. Very, very poor defense. They just give buckets of left and right. Um, Iowa Desumu for Illinois, he's, he's a great player. He had a huge game. They really couldn't defend him. Uh, Luca Garza got in foul trouble. Uh, it pretty much affected their game. And, you know, they, 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 were, they couldn't win that one. Uh, then to Saturday, dead wrong about Florida State. This team was red hot. They go down to Georgia Tech and lay an egg. Uh, Grand, I mean, every college basketball team has one of those games. I still believe in this team long term, but definitely wrong. I, I don't know. Uh, they don't. They don't have very many quality wins. See, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Florida State. I was. I was high on them until this game. They kind of. They got. They didn't really get just lose. They lost kind of bad. So, so I, I don't know how I feel on Florida State yet. Yeah, Georgia Tech has some sneak. Is a sneaky good home team. Though. They have some quality wins at home for some reason. They they're not great, but they they give teams trouble at home. Um. And also Alabama, wrong about that. OU just continues to uh, win. The Iowa, the Iowa State of college basketball. They really are. Can't get this team right. <laughs> yeah, we played their big game tonight. Hey, that was a big win for them. And it, yeah, the road don't get any easier. They got Texas Tech. I think they're on the road. Texas Tech tonight. Yeah. But yeah, I mean this um, that Alabama team. I was looking at their schedule, folks. It was a Mickey Mouse schedule. <laughs> That's why they won nine in a row. Uh, they actually – I saw they lost to Western Kentucky earlier in the year, Clemson in the non-conference. Um, they beat – win streak they had. They beat Florida, but it was kind of before Florida's been playing better ball. They beat Auburn on the road barely, and um, yeah, before I Auburn guess that's a better ball. And so it was – yeah, Auburn was playing better. They do have a win against Tennessee on the road. That's part of their best win, but still – we're not big fans of this Tennessee team. They're, they're still fraudulent. I know they beat um, – destroyed Kansas the other night. But on Kansas, this is the worst Kansas team I've seen in, probably ever in my lifetime. They're, they're terrible. Yeah, but, hey, you know, you know why uh, Alabama, they lost that game? Why? Sloppy Joe offense. <laughs> oh, so sloppy. Yeah, sloppy Joe offense, uh, forcing shots up and down the court. Uh, and, then, and then you see them, they pass it, and then the ball gets on the floor. They tip it out and somehow get an open three, and they still miss, like, two looks. Petty's out there chucking they, it. They miss, yeah, miss easy bunnies at the basket. Uh, sloppy Joe offense, Mickey Mouse schedule. Uh, they're still ranked top ten. I, I think they're they're kind of frauds, too. This whole SEC uh, I, I don't think is great, but, you know, I, I was wrong by Alabama. I watched them play Kentucky. That's another team they – they beat them twice on their win streak. Vanderbilt teams like that kind of built up the resume, but they weren't as good as I thought. And uh, OU, this is a dangerous team. They just keep on winning. They had uh, Austin Reeves and another one of their starters out and still winning games. Yeah, 
I can't think of his name. Number eleven, he stepped up well, the lefty and Harkless and uh, Manic the Harm Manic the big guy. Uh, yeah, I, I like this OU team going forward. I don't just the Big Twelve gauntlet's going to take some take its toll, but I, I'd like this team to make a run. I yeah, was Long Kruger's coach early in the year I, when they were playing Kansas a couple weeks ago. I thought, man, I don't, I don't see why this team's ranked. I don't, but then they're showing why that. That February schedule they had was just brutal. I don't wish that upon my worst enemy. And they were able to get through it with two losses, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they're playing well. But that that Kansas game, I, I can't get away from that game. I mean, that was just uh, ugly. They have nothing. They have no pro players on that roster. No inside presence. They can't shoot. Um, it's, they, they need to get Snoop Dogg again in there, whatever he did it, it last year for their um, – preseason midnight madness thing. I need to get him in there again and hype this team up because it's Yeah, I thought I thought the Tennessee we kind of been calling the fraudulent tears and uh bad losses they had against Missouri and blown out by uh Florida. They might have another eh they have another loss in there? I don't remember. Florida uh, Missouri yeah, they got beat, they beat by, by them, them too. I thought this team was the fraudulent tears and uh Maybe I think I still think they're a little bit fraudulent. Maybe not as maybe not as bad as before, but I think it's just kind of it's more not that Tennessee was good, it's more that Kansas was that bad. Yeah, I agree. And then also we were I was wrong about um, the Virginia game. I was very confident Virginia could go down to Virginia Tech and win. And you know uh, this Virginia Tech team, another game they win at home. Uh, their coach, forget his name, off by heart. I think it's Mike Young. I want to say he's probably in the uh, you know. ACC Coach of the Year candidate right now. He got this team overachieving. They they lost Buzz Williams to uh, Texas A and M, and they get a quality win at home against Virginia. I thought it was a good squad, but you don't you, know, you don't we'll, think we'll, you don't we'll think Clemson's them. coaches Coach of the Year? Uh no, they're <laughs> awful. that was right. That was one spot where yeah, I was right. Like you know, was, uh, yeah, Duke over Clemson. I mean, you like anybody over this team? They're just bad. I mean, and they're down. The thing is, there's a difference between losing and being down <laughs> thirty within the first half. I mean, that's just you don't see that shit, man. It's just terrible. Yeah, that was an ugly watch. I I quickly flipped in that game, put on the OU and uh, Alabama game. Yeah, I mean, you don't see that stuff, um, you know, in call in any any sport really. I mean, it's just it was pathetic. Um, I did get some other games right in that SEC Big 12 Challenge, kind of the, you know, irrelevant games, you know, per se. Missouri snuck out a win against TCU. I'm not impressed by them either. Yeah, I don't I don't know. They had a big win against Tennessee, so – and then they had some other quality wins. I, I think they're, they'll battle – I think it'll be come down to Alabama and Florida and Tennessee and Missouri for that uh, SEC title. Yeah, that, another that was a big game I had right was uh, the upset Florida Gators going the road against and beat uh, West Virginia and this team's playing some really good ball. Yeah, I thought I thought that was a Dick's picking with his heart pick, you know, being a Florida Gator fan. I, I thought I liked the Mountaineers in this one, man. They they blew that uh, halftime lead. They did early. Uh, Florida didn't have an answer for Derek Culver in the down low. He was just wreaking havoc. But then they kind of got that right there in the second half and. West Virginia couldn't really buy a bucket outside from him, so yeah, this is a bad game for West Virginia. But this Florida team, I think, I think they're they're kind of like Auburn, even though Auburn had a loss, but they were playing Baylor, which is, I mean, that's never never good going down into Waco and have to play them. So 
don't know. I think this Florida team's on the uprise. And they're going to make a little noise, I think. They get Did they get ranked yeah, in I mean, the top 25? I didn't see. I didn't see if they got ranked for this week either. But, uh, I mean, they had a lot of pauses and, and different things happen with the team. But I, I mentioned it on the podcast on Friday that they recruited a high level under Mike White. That's something that I never, um, you know, could uh, – point to a negative thing about them was the recruiting. It's more the in-game coaching and um, a lot of turnovers they've had, but uh, this team's really talented. I mean, it, I thought that's one of the reasons why I picked them over West Virginia. I think they're just more talented to recruit better players. And I think this West Virginia team year in and year out is really overrated. They're always ranked high. Uh, people seem to be fond of them, but I, this was more of a uh, Picking against them than it was for my love of my Florida game. Uh, just just going back, uh, Florida did jump into twenty two in the top twenty five. Yeah, guess should. who's seventh in the country? Who? High State Buckeyes. Big win over uh, Michigan State yesterday. I know Michigan State. Man, that team. Talking about being the worst Kansas team you ever seen. That might be the worst Michigan State team I've ever seen too. I mean, you could you could say Kentucky. a lot of blue bloods this year. I mean. I don't know if it's not necessarily the worst Duke and North Carolina team, but it's not the Duke and North Carolina we're used to seeing. Yeah, I think it's interesting that Michigan State, Kansas, Kentucky, worst ever. Duke, I mean, they're not even on the tour- they're not even in the tournament right now. I do think they're gonna get hot and make it in. Um, North Carolina's probably already in the tournament, but this isn't their best team, like you said by far. Um we'll get, get into a topic we were we were talking about over the weekend, but if home court still matters, and after this week, I think it so here's does. Here's the thing. We talked about the whole COVID, no fans in the stands. We thought kind of it would basically be like a neutral site every time. But uh, I think it does matter in the fact just that's the arena you practice in every day, you know, the one you're used to playing in. You feel comfortable in that arena. And then on top of that, you don't have to deal with all – I mean, the travel rule is even worse with COVID, with restrictions and this and that. And that – to travel into these places and put on the road. So – I think those factors lead. I think I think home court still has a little bit of a factor. Yeah, I mean, we just mentioned a lot of the bigger upsets this week. Georgia Tech at home against Florida State. Virginia Tech was at home against uh, Virginia. At home. Oklahoma yeah. was at home. Yeah, I mean, Florida. numerous games. But, Florida was one of the only road yeah, teams here, to win. Also, I was kind of thinking the home court still doesn't – it's not quite the, you know, the big upset – the team that absolutely stinks coming in and beats one of the top five teams. But I think if the teams are relatively even, like we saw Iowa, Illinois, Virginia Tech, Virginia, things like that, I think if it's relatively even, it favors that home court's kind of what gives that one team the advantage. Yeah, and especially in the Big Ten, which you were, you just mentioned there, I saw in the Big Ten, like most of the you know road wins are really hard to come by in the Big Ten. The, the home teams have dominated throughout the conference play so far. Yeah, I think – I mean, that was always the case. I think last year was, like, crazy numbers. Like, the home team was, like – the win percentage was, like, off the charts, higher than it's ever been. And that trend kind of continued a little bit, which I think it, this really has surprised people. I really thought people thought home court would be almost neutral, but uh, it's got a little bit of effect. Yeah, it's, I think it I think it definitely does. And especially, I think, down south and, you know, in the Big 12 – you know, regions, there is some fans. I'm not saying there's a lot, but there is some in the stands. Yeah, but I, like I said, I don't even know if it's the fan factor more than it's just the being comfortable in your gym and uh, not having to travel. I think that's the, the two biggest things. I had to point to two of why why teams are doing well in the home court. Yeah, 
because, you know, when you go on the road, they probably have to isolate all week long in a hotel. You don't really get to do much. It's kind of weird uh, way to prepare yeah, for a game. All the testing and all the travel, getting on the airplane, I'm sure it's it's pretty cumbersome. Yeah, I saw they can eat. Yeah, I saw they came and eat team dinners together. It's kind of like, a, you know, a guy comes down, takes his meal back to his hotel, and that's kind of it. You know, they can't do any activities. It's pretty depressing stuff to Yeah, I feel for these guys, especially just trying to trying to make a season, trying to sit all their sacrifice just to be able to play. It's kind of remarkable. Yeah. So now some into some bigger games this week. Uh, tonight, obviously, it's start there. Um, OU at Texas Tech. Texas Tech won it uh, this matchup earlier this season already by I think three points. Who do you think? Oh, wins you tonight? know how we've been with Oklahoma. We'll probably unless we both pick off that one of us is probably going to get it wrong. Maybe both of us, but uh, I don't know. I like it's kind of that. I'm I want to pick Oklahoma, but then that that factor we just talked about close, te- relatively even teams. Texas A and M at home, but I, I don't know. I like something about this Sooner team. I think I think they're going to pull out a close one. Maybe I think it's going to come down to a to a late bucket at the end. I like Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm going to go with Texas Tech at home. Um, they, they actually come back. They should have lost, too, on uh, Saturday at LSU. Uh, but LSU blew that game. They, they so collapsed <laughs> there. Um, but I like this Texas Tech team. Mac McClung, he's a baller. Um, I, I just like their, their culture they have there. I think they're going to – a home victory. I think it will be close to Oklahoma's competitive. They don't they don't get blown out by anybody. Uh, I think it's gonna be a good game. I'm excited to watch tonight. Yeah and Duke plays uh Miami. I think that's gonna I like Duke tonight big. I think they're gonna get on a hot I, do. Streak I, I, I can't see Duke getting hot kinda even though Clemson was looked at as a good team. I don't think they are but it's they use it as a big win, use it as kind of a propeller, kind of a catapult into now another easier game against Miami, even though it's on the road. I still like Duke, and then catapult that until I think they got Carolina this weekend. Yeah, Duke North Carolina. So on yeah, Saturday. I do like to see Duke get over um, the Austria here and uh kind of kind of piggyback all what they did on Saturday and have another big win tonight. Yeah, and then tomorrow night a huge game, uh, Baylor at Texas. Do you think uh, Baylor is you know might be vulnerable in this spot? I mean, and- I mean, if this is about the most vulnerable they can get as any, and then if, if they're going to lose, this would be the one. But uh, yeah, this, but they just this team's Texas very good. Guys back, are they still out? I haven't seen anything. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. So yet. I, I'm saying, if Texas doesn't have those guys back, Baylor might roll them. But uh, Texas do has those guys back. I still like Baylor. This front court or back court, whichever one's the guards, I always forget. I think it's back court. The back, yeah, it is the back court of uh. Baylor is just too good. They're veteran. I think it's basically the same team that returned last year. And this team last year, I think, would have been maybe the number one overall seed in the big round of the tournament. And they've kind of used that as fuel to kind of keep them going this season since they got kind of got that taken away from them. So I, I like Baylor continuing that undefeated streak here. Yeah, Macy Teague and uh, Jared Butler is part of the best backcourt in the nation. They can shoot. They play good defense. Uh, they're eight or nine deep on that team, and it, it's really when they go to the bench though, it's almost like another starter. They had that um, mayor, that that white guy, had a huge dunk. Uh, he can score. Uh, Mark Vital, I think his name is on the inside. He's like a short Dewan Blair type build. He's he's a gritty player. Um, hits the boards hard. I, I like this Baylor team, and um, 
I, I think this could be their year to make a deep run. It's really hard to bet against them right now. It's almost, you know, I don't want to bet against them until I see them lose right now, I don't, to be honest. I, I don't know. Right now, I mean, Gonzaga's number one team, but I, I don't know. I think I like Bay- Baylor more than Gonzaga right now. Just the fact, I don't know, Gonzaga had them good wins early, but the way Baylor's been playing late, it's hard to not say they're going to win at all. Yeah, and Baylor just – Plays tough teams night in, night out. You Gonzaga, want to talk about I mean, a Mickey Mouse guy? Talk about a Mickey Mouse guy. Mini Mouse. Like a, <laughs> yeah, I would say it's <laughs> below that. Uh, talk about that schedule. I mean, playing teams like Pepperdine. They, since Bryce, playing that conference, they did really beef up their uh, non-conference schedule. Playing teams like Kansas, uh, Iowa, just think off top of that, I think there's a few more. And they, they really proved why they belong in those games. They blew out most of them teams, so. So I think that number one is justified. Yeah. And they were supposed to play Baylor, and it got yeah. canceled with COVID. They also played Auburn, uh, maybe Florida State, I want to say. I I could be wrong, but uh, I think the Baylor backcourt is better. Uh, Gonzaga's always, you know, frontcourt dominated. That uh, I know they have uh, Scruggs or Suggs, I think his name is. He's like a small forward. He's a great player for them, and uh, – Drew Timmy, he was there last year. He's he's back for Gonzaga. So I think they're more of a front court dominated team. They, they still have good guards, but I think Baylor's are better. And I think that's what's more important come tournament time. Guard play always seems yeah, to I mean, roll. You look back, Kansas, when they always make deep runs, they always had that guard play. And that's really what kind of what they're missing this year. And it's kind of why, why they've been down, I think. Yeah, they have no point guard play, and they always had an inside presence, at least one guy, and they, they have no one they can dump it inside to. Which white foot is not good enough? <laughs> nope. He's a good role player, though. I mean, he's like been he's there, been there for a since few I was years, born. But he, <laughs> yeah, he just can't he no. can't carry the load. He, and neither can McCormick. He was he's been there a while. Um and he, he was a nice solid role guy, but they miss as yeah, a big time. They were sitting on the broadcast while I was watching there. They said they don't know there's an NBA guy on this roster, and that's that's saying something coming from Kansas. Yeah, I mean, they have one year in and year out, but that NCAA investigation is hovering over this program. It kind of is time. Bill Self. He's kind of got that cloud over. I don't know. I don't know what's going to come out of it. It's kind of this one's kind of dragged on more. It seems like it's been going on forever. It dragged a little bit on more than some of the other cases. So I don't know if that means there's not enough evidence or they're digging deeper. It's, it's kind of hard to say, but uh. I think it'd be better for Kansas just to get a resolution and kind of get it over with. Yeah. Now we're talking about that home court. Do you think it will be upsets tomorrow? We got, you know, some unranked teams at home against some ranked teams like Old Miss at home versus Tennessee, IU uh, at home versus uh, Illinois. Is there any upset potential in, in those I, matchups? I think, that, I think there's upset potential in any game in, in the Big Ten. I mean, the Conference is so deep. I don't. Indiana's towards the bottom, but I still think night in and night out they can beat, compete with the best of the Big Ten. So I, I think if I had to pick a team that has a better chance, I'd say Indiana over uh, Illinois. Just especially especially Assembly Hall. Yeah. uh, I I think Indiana's not a bad team. I think I think they'll give Illinois a run for their money. I think Ole Miss will too, but I just I think Indiana has a better shot. Yeah, I think Indiana does too. They just they have better players. Uh, I'll be honest, I've been you know I've watched a lot of SEC teams. I yeah, haven't watched Ole Miss play, so I'm gonna take for granted Tennessee is gonna bounce back from them back to back losses and uh, piggyback off Kansas and have another win in a game that they should win. 
Yeah, I agree. And then obviously um, Iowa plays Michigan State tomorrow. I, I think they roll there. Uh, Michigan State, they're just they're a bad team too. No point guard. Yeah, at all. that team is. Bad. I watched them play High State yesterday. And the way they turned the ball over and let the high, easy High State buckets, it's, it's hard to win when you're doing that. Yeah, and there's a big matchup Thursday night. Ohio State at Iowa. Who do you like in that? We yeah, already know. Do. I don't know. Uh, I think Iowa coming off a short short rest Tuesday going into Lance, East Lansing. You have to turn around and play Ohio State on Thursday while Ohio State hadn't played since Sunday. I think maybe a little bit of a factor there with fresh legs. And uh, I don't know. This Ohio State team's playing well. They've won six out of the last seven. And uh, EJ Liddell's been playing lights out, averaging close to 20 a game and a uh, little under 10 boards, I think. And uh, I don't know. They get CJ Walker the injury. He's been playing well. He's been coming off the bench, actually, and kind of kind of scoring off the bench when uh, those role players come in. If, when uh, the big the starters get tired or just, you know, the rotations, whatever. And he's been coming in to kind of be in that score in the second group. So uh, I like a high like state to win a close, gritty, typical Big Ten game. Yeah, I mean, Iowa, they miss C.J. Frederick, one of their, their starters. He's been out. I don't know if he'll play in this game on Thursday. Um, I, I like that Liddell matchup versus Garza. Uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup, but I'm just going to roll with the home team in this game. And it seems like no one can get on a real long win streak in the Big Ten. It seems like they win three, four in a row, then they'll lose two. And it, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of like the probability and the way the percentages play out. So I'll just – Go with Iowa. I really don't have any real facts of why to go with Iowa, and I'm not even hating against Ohio State. I think I'm I underestimated this team for sure. They they have some really they have some good players, and uh, they're definitely a Sweet 16 team in my oh, mind. Yeah, I mean you've gone a long way from saying they're going to get bounced first round of the tournament. So, but Donuts, he's saying they're going to get. He's still saying they're not like a Sweet 16 team. So so keep that in mind. But uh. I don't know. I like I like the matchup, Kyle Young. I think he'll be the one that guards Garza, and he's just a tough, big guy, and he he works hard, and he's going he's going to give Garza all he can handle. And he's not going to make anything easy for Garza. He's going to work for it. So uh, I hope if he can limit Garza, I think that might be the key. I think it's key for any team stopping Garza, but especially if High State can do it. I think their offense is good, and plus uh, we talked about Iowa's defense struggling a little bit. If we can kind of limit Iowa and get our points. I like us to win that if we can do that. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State, they have one of the best offense in the country. Let's get that straight here. I mean, it's like in the Ken Palm rain, they're they're like seventh in efficiency. This this team's really good offensively. And I was pretty bad. I mean, they're I think they're like a hundred and second in the in the efficiency ratings on defense. You gotta go all the way down the list to like number forty to find a team that, you know, is lower than them in the uh, defensive rankings, that'd be LSU, who's just horrific. But uh, for a top-tier team like that, uh, they definitely have a weak spot on that on defense. And I, I think when you have a defense like that, they're not going to win big games come tournament time. You know, most teams don't. Uh, they got to be at least in the top 20 the last, like, 10, 15 years in, in both offense and defense to win a national championship. So I don't, I don't really see Iowa uh, being, like, a long-term um, – Championship contender. Yeah, in my I, I really don't either. But anytime you got Garza capable of dropping fifty a night, you can win games and get hot and make a run. So uh, I, I think Iowa. I don't. They'll, they'll win a few games in the tournament. I say a few. They'll probably they'll win. They'll make it out of the first weekend for sure. I'll say that.
Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think first weekend depends on the matchups, what they get. Um, you know, this tournament's going to be interesting. You know, it's going to be all in Indianapolis, I think. I, I don't really like that personally. Um, I don't really get it. I mean, they've been playing everywhere all year long, and then you, you put everybody in one spot. Uh, you could have a chance of an outbreak there, and I, I don't know. I, I don't. I like the four-region thing better. I mean, you, you have more – you could have a chance of fans. I, I'd put it in Arizona, Texas, Florida, and – Somewhere up Ohio, I'd put it in Dayton. Somewhere people are going to allow some fans Dayton? in. what the hell? And keep the region. I, I, I always think it's better. I mean, where else are they going to play up north, I mean, though? Is, that's my point. Uh, a lot of these states. I mean, there's a lot of places in Ohio you can pick besides Dayton. Uh, Dayton, Cleveland. Columbus, maybe. Yeah. No, I, don't, I don't. I think they're going to have some fans in Do you agree? Yeah, but do you like the regions uh, better? Do you I mean, agree obviously, or I'm disagree like, I like the old school. I'm kind of stick to tradition, do what you've done. But I, I think for this year was the right move just for the fact, limit the travel, get everybody there, and kind of make a bubble in that sense. So I, th- I think it's the move for this year. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. And they changed the um, Elite Eight. I think it's Elite Eight, Sweet 16 schedule maybe, and I, they, they're they playing yeah, they're those playing games like a Monday four, or something. I think, so I think Thursday, I, then they're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, the first two rounds. It's kind of weird because you kind of – that Thursday is kind of that day you act like you're working in your office, but you're really not as you got your uh, March Madness pulled up on your computer, and uh, I think a lot of people really miss that. <laughs> oh, it's the best. That Thursday, waking up, knowing those tournament games are coming on and, and 12 o'clock, hear that CBS song rolling in, and boom, you're just watching games all night long uh, for four days. I, I really don't like that Monday thing, playing in you know the, the first, what would it be, second round and Elite Eight. I, I think that's dumb. I think it hurts their viewers. I mean, they're going to have plenty of viewers regardless, but yeah, I, I don't really like it's that. Odd, but I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if we ever got a reason the reason why they did that or this maybe might not, be testing sure it's kind of odd they always they always play the national yeah. championship on monday so maybe they're trying to make it evened out more i don't know yeah i might you know you people out there might take some days off some mondays take, off and take some maintenance watch days. that tour <laughs> yep definitely make some <clears throat> maintenance days um we're going to switch over now to the NFL. Um, a few things we want to hit on tonight. Some new coaching hires in the NFL. There, I think it was maybe two or three since the last time we discussed this. Um, Dave Cauley. I, I don't even know who he is, to be honest with you folks. He's the Houston head coach. Uh, him and Nick Casario, who they just hired as the GM, are going to try to keep Deshaun Watson. I don't think they have a chance because they can say we want him and all that. But he doesn't yeah, want to be there, and I don't blame of, him. They're kind of right up front saying he's our quarterback, and it doesn't really matter what he wants. He's going to be our quarterback. But uh, I think it's either trade him or you're going to look at a Le'Veon Bell situation where he just doesn't come to the team. No. Yeah. I mean, why would you? I mean, I mean, they got nothing. That's all a thing that Dave Colley, if you need anything to know about him, the year that the Chiefs, I don't know if you remember, it was a few years back, six, five, six years, a single receiver did not have a touchdown. He was the receivers coach for that team. He, Alex Smith was the quarterback. He threw all of his touchdowns to the tight ends and running backs and whatnot. Didn't throw a single touchdown pass to a receiver. And he was, I he, think I yep, remember that yep. team. I think Dwayne he Bo- was coaching him. 
Jeez, and he was coaching Baltimore's receivers too, and it's not like they've been very yeah, good no, either the last five years. Now the blue hire, but uh, well, yeah. it's typical Houston fashion. I mean, this organization is 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 not great. JJ Watt wants out of there as well, um, along with Watson, and I don't blame him. Um, I I don't see it being the winning. I don't think they can make this scenario better at all. I mean, they're gonna have to trade him, and the way. You know, we'll get into it a little later, but you get two first-round picks for Matt Stafford. Why not trade Watts? You should yeah, be able to get three true. or four. Stafford, he kind of set the bar there for the quarterback, and uh, Deshaun Watson's better and a lot, lot younger. So, yeah, it's going to take a take a lot to ship off uh, Watson. They're going to have to give up practically half their somebody's have to to get him. Yeah, and then the other uh, head coaching hire was kind of a head scratcher, Nick Sirianni, and his press introductory uh, press conference was uh, up there <laughs> with was, Adam really Gase. He looked, he looked nervous, stuttering. Really didn't make any sense of what he was saying. It, uh, it just first impression was not good. I mean, I understand being a little nervous, but there's nobody there. It's virtual. There's ghosts. Did you tell me? Isn't real. They hired him based off his interview. Uh, they did. Supposedly, he was a great interview uh, for Philadelphia, and that's the reason why you know he got the job. I guess he convinced them uh, that he'd be able to fix this quarterback situation they have. And then he also says we have two great uh, quarterbacks. I don't know about great. I think you got two. Hey, John, I was going to say John Madden. He always said, "If you have two quarterbacks, you have none." So we'll see how how he's able to balance that situation. I I think – I don't know. I think one of them has got to be if – it's, if it's if it's Wentz starting, you might be able to get away with benching Hurts. But if you're going with Hurts, you, Wentz has got to go. Yeah, he's just he, – he's not it very good. Wentz. Um, Wentz, I'm, I'm not sold. I, I thought he – I think he needs a change of scenery. I think he needs to go back to his old buddy, Frank Reich. Yeah, I mean, Sirianni is coached with Reich a lot, so maybe he has a chance with him. But after that press conference, I mean, and people say, oh, why are you making a big deal, Bob? But but you saw Adam Gase and you saw some of these other coaches in these introductory press conferences, and they're normally pretty bad if if the uh, intro isn't very good. Uh, Dan Campbell, we saw <laughs> that, that awesome. uh, breaking kneecaps and whatever the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, it's not real. It's not good. It's awesome, but it's funny and all, but I don't think it equates to wins. Um, and there's some other ones. I forget. Yep, Jim yeah. Tom Sula, maybe. And and there, there's a few other ones. That this, the track record isn't good, so it does matter, you know, what you present. Um, you know, in yeah, that. His eyeballs weren't going all over the place like Gase. Looked like he was strung out on some drugs. <laughs> yeah, he was looking at tacos. Got to look up that video if you haven't, guys. That, that uh, his eyes are moving with the tacos. Uh, but yeah, he he uh, he would sniff smelling salts on the sidelines too. He was sniffing cocaine, which who knows? He may have the way he calls plays. He did a good job anywhere. So they see somewhere they look at him in Seattle. I don't think you... I know. See, I know they interviewed him. I don't know I if Seattle was hired in the Rams. From the Rams, I think. Or yeah, they did. That's right. He did hire some young guys. Never yeah. called plays in his life. 
But yeah, um, that trade, big trade in the NFL, normally doesn't happen this early. But the um, the LA Rams they trade for Matt Stafford. They give up uh, two first rounders in the next two years, and also a third rounder. Uh, they give up Goff uh, to Detroit. So. What do you uh, make of the trade, and who do you think won I the think trade? I think Sean McVay must really just not like wasting first-round picks. He hasn't – the last time he didn't trade it away was for uh, – they drafted Jared Goff, and he wasn't even the coach that time, I don't think. He might have been. No, I think he came in a year after. But last time the number one pick, it was Goff. So I, I think this trade really – the biggest beneficiary of this is Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's coming in to one of the most ideal situations possible. They got a solid run game, solid O-line. Uh, Two pretty good receivers, and obviously that defense is one of the top in the league. And uh, Stafford, he had that Detroit, and he's still been able to make the most of it. So, so I, I like this trade for the Rams. I think it's going to take them to the top, and they're going to be real content next year. Yeah, I, I look at it both ways. I think I think both teams actually won because um, you know Detroit they get Jared Goff. I mean, he, he's not great, uh, but I mean he was able to take the Rams to the Super Bowl. Um, and they at least get a competent quarterback in there, and they could see what they have, and then they get these draft picks. Uh, but the key with that is you got to hit on the draft picks. You can't draft <laughs> random motherfuckers that are going to bust. You got to hit on these things, Detroit, and and quit being the Mickey Mouse in your division and hit on your draft picks. Um, but I think if they're able to do that, then it would be a successful trade getting all these picks. Uh, I would look at. For Detroit, I'll look at a guy like Justin Fields drafting him, maybe sitting him a year behind Goff, learning a little bit, and then plugging him in. That that would be my ideal spot for for, for, for yeah, I don't, what I don't Detroit think the should Lions do. I don't the stick of this deal. I just think the Rams benefit from Stafford a lot. Just I think he's really been underrated his whole career, and uh, I think he's got a lot of good years left in him to be a quarterback. But uh, as you were saying, those, they got picks, and they got a chance to make some roster moves and really – <laughs> but Craig, they, they, they need them. They have plenty they of need. most needs in, uh, in uh, football there. So I don't. They got those first round picks. I don't think it's not not this draft, but the next two drafts after. So and if the Rams are good, those picks could end up not being great picks. So I mean, they got they got to make the most of what they got. I think I think they got a lot out of Stafford. They they got a lot of value. I think not a lot of people saw them getting that many picks and golf too. So. Like we talked about, that really sets the bar for what what's the Sean Watson worth. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, from the Rams' perspective, they just didn't want to take on that contract from Jared Goff anymore because it wasn't matching his production. I mean, having to pay $35 million. Stafford's ain't much better, but I think he's a lot better quarterback. So it kind of makes – it's worth its while and evens out there. Yeah, I think his is like $25 million at least. But uh, the Rams, I will say this. They're not afraid to go all in and admit when they're wrong with contracts. I mean, they extended a lot of guys probably too early. You know, Brandon Cook's got a big extension. I remember it was like five years, 60 mil. Todd Gurley's extension and then obviously Goff's. It was probably a little too early. But they tried to lock up their guys, thought they were doing the right thing. And then, boom, they moved off them within a year or two instead of just sitting there waiting, trying to say, yeah, you know, this is why we paid the guy and trying to be the smartest guy in the room and, and keep trying to convince themselves of why they did that, which I give them credit for just for going all in um, and, and letting those guys go and getting rid of them when they're when they're not producing to the 
um, cap hit that they're they're having to pay. So I think it was smart though. They get a, a quarterback who is experienced, uh, hasn't won a lot of playoff game, hasn't won a playoff game. Uh, but obviously in Detroit, that, that's tough to do, especially with Rod in the division. And, uh, you know, they've had uh, – Minnesota's had some decent teams too. So uh, I think this is Stafford's chance to really yeah, that de- showcase that how good Detroit's he really is. Detroit's always been bad when uh, Stafford was there. I think I saw the one time they had a competent defense, one ranked in the top half of the league. Uh, they went 11-5 and made the playoffs that year. So that just goes to show what Stafford – I think – the Rams have been – they're going to be one of the top, if not the top, defense in the country. Country. I always say country. I meant league. Returning. So, uh, I, I, th- I think it's a good good spot for the Rams and a good spot for Stafford to kind of resurrect his career and make something out of – make something out of nothing after being kind of lost and buried in Detroit for the last 10 years or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think – a lot of people say, yeah, he hasn't won a playoff game and, you know, he can't win big games and all this stuff. I don't think he's really had the opportunity to really be in a big game yet. So I, I think that's an unfair criticism and we haven't really seen it. So we, we can't really make a judgment yet about it. Uh, but he definitely has the talent, big arm, can throw the deep ball. And that's what really Jared Goff was missing this year uh, was his deep ball game. That's what McVay loves to do off that play action. I think it's a great fit. I do think they need to add a, a speed receiver in the draft, someone that can get downfield. But uh, they have some solid weapons surrounding him. Uh, they haven't had a, you know, yeah, he's never really one, had a great running one game. of the best running games in the uh, league too. Detroit. Yeah, I expect Cam Makers. I think he's going to make a huge jump in year two. I, I think it might be one of the biggest jumps in the NFL. I'll say it on record. Right I don't now. disagree with that. He kind of came on strong there at the end, and uh, really, he's the only reason. He's about single-handed. Besides the defense, he's about the only bright spot on offense when uh, they beat the Seahawks there in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with what you were saying. I think they're, they're definitely the, the clear-cut favorite in the NFC West, which it is a tough division, but there's a lot of question marks. I mean, Seattle, uh, we just talked about. I mean, even, you know, bringing in Gates or mentioning <laughs> his name is just Back bad. They considered it. Um, and they're – and they're, just, they're a bit fraudulent, too. Um, Frisco, I mean, they got Who? No questions at quarterback whether they're going to bring back Garoppolo or not, which they don't want to. Frisco. Yeah. <laughs> Frisco, San Francisco. And then um, the Arizona no, Cardinals, they're no, the Mickey Mouse in this no. division. They're, they're, not, they're not very good. Cliff Kingsbury can't coach anybody. Um, Murray's <laughs> overrated. Defenses stinks. They'll be last next year too. <laughs> yep, they're not any good. Rams are the favorite in the division. May even be the favorite in the NFC. So take take but, the under on the you know, Cardinals. There's always uh, Green Bay. Ah, <laughs> uh, you'll win. And there's always the Packers um, in the NFC. And then obviously the next thing is you got Tom <laughs> he Brady. He's playing today. He's fucking fifty-five. It's not out of the picture. Yeah, and maybe longer. Jesus Christ. Aren't you tired no. of watching this, football fans? Oh, I've had enough. It's depressing. like watching paint dry. It, it really is. And we'll, we'll give out our Super Bowl predictions uh, probably Thursday or Friday. 
uh, along with some other college basketball games this weekend. Probably there's some great slate of games on uh, a, Saturday again. A lot of big games this week through the week, and uh, obviously Super Bowl weekend. Uh, big week for sports this week. Absolutely. Daytona oh 500 coming up in a few that. weeks. It is. It's crazy. Oh, it's their Super Bowl. I shouldn't say it. Nobody cares about it. I usually watch the Daytona 500 just because it's the first race, but uh, I don't know. That's about all the interest I get in it. Some Sometimes I'll turn it on here and there. Yep. Austin, Austin Dillon. But, uh, that's really the show for tonight. <laughs> oh, boy. Long shot. But yeah, thanks for uh, listening. To the yeah, show I can't tonight. believe you Dick did the Menzies show. That was back. Right? You said, "Screw it, I don't need you. I'll do solo." No, no, you you had other things going on. Yeah, but I yeah, know. we're glad to have I you back on tonight. <laughs> yep, always do. But uh, that's it. 